Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Ears International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Do you know how many people are waiting for the answer that you carry because you're being sent from this family and if you miss it and you don't have it to turn and dispense, like they're waiting to pass you by. They're waiting to be healed by your shadow. They're waiting to engage with someone who's been with him. So the seriousness and the gravity of the weight of what tonight is, our Friday nights, our family nights, heaven awareness, whatever night it is, if it's worship, if it's teaching, if it's engaging with heaven, if it's family night, you're engaging with everything that he has every bit of the supply of heaven is being released tonight right that's what you're trading into so be aware of that as you're engaging with service I know we've talked about before full eye contact paying attention pulling out of mom and dad what is in there that's very hard to pull out of them when you're like trying to like just check my email really quick so can we, just, can we just put that out there as a family? I'm going to engage with heaven, not my cell phone. And if your notes are on your cell phone, bring a notebook, write it down, and then take it home and put it in your cell phone, okay? Because it's too easy. You got another window. Just swipe over. It's just my notes. And now it's Netflix. Okay, so we got some family stuff out of the way. Okay. So tonight, let's just stand for a second. Take from the seat you're in, stand up, and you're going to just stand in the place of being in heaven. So you are releasing everything that's not there, releasing everything that's not in heaven, and engaging in all the things that are. Mom released over us last week. There's the full supply. If you woke up and traded into depression today, tonight is the time to engage with joy and peace. If you woke up and you traded with anxiety, I traded with anxiety when my eyes woke up. Right now, just take a moment. You can close your eyes. You're engaging with heaven. However you engage. It's time to release that and receive the full supply of his peace and the abundance of joy, and the abundance of being surrounded by a family. Everything that you need, he already has ready to supply and pour out. His supply is ready to be poured out over you. Okay. Now, when you take your seat, imagine yourself sitting right next to him. Take your seat next to the one who prepared that seat for you. And engage tonight. I I feel like, can we just like welcome all of heaven in the room? Do we even understand what that means? I'm so thankful we're headed to the floor of engagement. So tonight, part two, did you catch up from last week if you weren't here? 
There's been a word released over this family that the mother and father of this home have walked in. It's been their ministry to say, why don't we divest from this thing and follow this thing? And you see it in everything. Does everyone understand what divest means? Mom and dad released it last week. It's not your New Year's resolution. It's the thing that you are divorcing to walk in covenant with Yahweh. And it goes so far back in our bloodlines. And he is redeeming that and he is restoring it and he is reconciling all the things in our, that have come from our history to bring what we are supposed to be engaged to, married to, and walking in covenant with. And last week they shared about the history of where we've come from and where we're going. And I know tonight is gonna to be more of that. So I want us to pay attention. If you had the opportunity to sit with your great, great, great grandparent and ask them about your bloodline and let them release over you where you came from and, and let them see who you are now, would you not take that opportunity? That's this kind of service. You're looking into where you came from and being shown where you're headed towards, what you're headed towards what you're gonna be walking in because there's more, right? He's releasing that there's more. So, I just wanted to remind us that in, in ourselves, in us, in, in the, our very DNA is the thing that we're crying out for. We've been engaging with that in the when you engage with the wine out there, the very thing you've been crying out for is what he has to release over you tonight the very thing that you want to walk in, that you want your family to walk in. That's what he has to release over you tonight as we continue divesting from the things that he asked us to walk away from and engaging with the things that he has. And I just wanted to honor mom and dad because there was a time that in religion, they were told, I hope this is okay to say, but like, why don't you go away and start a restaurant? Could you imagine where you would be or where your legacy would be right now if they didn't stand in a place and say, that's not what Yahweh told me. If they didn't stand in that place of obedience and follow his word to divest from the approval of man, to divest from the opinion of man, to divest from the word of man. Could you imagine, like take a could you imagine what your family would be like right now? What would your marriage be like? What would your children be like? What would your relationships in this room be like? If there wasn't a mother and father who stood in a place to say, I'm gonna follow and walk in a place of obedience at all costs, and it's cost a lot. And because of that, because of the legacy that we get to walk out as a family, we're extremely humbled and extremely honored to be able to sit and be discipled by you guys tonight. Thank you for all that you have walked through to prepare the way for us. So last week we just kind of started going into a little bit of just a broad kind of history of kingdom heirs. And the reason why we did that was because in order to be authentic or to maintain authenticity, you have to know the origin of a thing 
to make sure that you're still in alignment with the original intent or the original trajectory of that thing, right? So we talked about authenticating your calling at you know certain steps along the way. You have to look back and make sure you're still in alignment with where you were originally supposed to go. Amen. There's a lot of, if you think about it that way, there's a lot of, of things that are, are counterfeit. When you think of that definition, there are a lot of things that have an origin and they go a certain direction and they get off track and they're no longer authentic to whatever the purpose was, right? So we talked about with respect to the family before we get to where we're going, we need to make sure we're authentic in the original calling that he called us to. Right? In Ephesians, it says, walk worthy of the calling that you were called. Walking worthy means you stay authentic to what he asked you to do in the first place. Right? So we, we kind of started talking about kind of the history in the original calling on kingdom heirs and really how a lot of these things that we're talking about recently were things that he called us to in the beginning. What's funny is when you get into like, when you really start getting deep into your convictions and you follow them long enough, you start to realize that you, you essentially preach or minister or teach or you do that, you have the same thing that you're always saying, which I think is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. If you've been at Kingdom Heirs the entire time, you could essentially boil down every single message, every single sermon, boils down to the same heart, the same calling, and it all boils down to covenant, right? Everything is covenant. Everything is family. You could sum up our calling in, in those simple terms, right? Because he gave us a life message. And when we really break it down and we really talk about these things, it all goes back to that. All of this is covenant. And so we talked about the authenticity. We talked about divestment recently and what that really means and how it's not just oh, I'm going to stop drinking uh, Dr. Pepper so much, right? That's irrelevant to what we're talking about. We're talking about covenant issues, right? We're talking about maintaining covenant. And one of the things that, and I, I think we're, uh, mom's going to have a testimony tonight, kind of as part of our DNA and part of our history. And one other thing I layer, kind of layer, I wanted to talk about something that is in your DNA as a member of this family, right? Whether you've been here long or short or whatever, the DNA that we share as, as people who have answered essentially a calling on a house is apprehension. And not apprehension in terms of like being timid or like, I, you know, I'm hesitant. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when Yahweh says something when he gives you a directive, when he gives you a word, even if it's difficult, mostly when it's difficult, we operate in a spirit of apprehending that word in its fullness, in its entirety. When Yahweh tells you to do something hard, you have to grab it, right? That's what apprehend means, right? We get, this is part of your prophetic word, right? Apprehension means if, if, you know, if, if there's a criminal and a policeman and he does something and he takes off running, you're going to chase him and grab him, 
right? That's what apprehension is. So when Yahweh tells you something, when the Father tells you something, part of what's in our DNA is that you chase it and you grab it until you, until you have the fullness of it, even if it's difficult, mostly when it's difficult, right? It, every major thing that Yahweh has told us to do, none of it has been easy. Think about all the things Yahweh has called you or asked you to do. How, what percentage of those things have been simple, easy, done? Check it off the list. Right? If you really think about it, I can't think of any. <laughs> in, our, in our experience, I can't think of any. In fact, it's the opposite. It's me. the things you feel like, huh? What? Marrying me. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, marrying you is the best thing ever, right? But there's yeah, things that come along with the covenant that are not easy, right? Yeshua, we would all say being in relationship with him is the greatest thing ever, but it's not easy, Right? Because it comes with standards. It comes with, there's things that won't be tolerated. Even though we can, can, we, can, we can trick ourselves into thinking that, oh, this is okay. When really at the end of the day, when you get to him, he's going to say, I didn't tolerate any of that. That you thought was fine, right? That's what we were talking about, the divestment. There's things that we've carried from outside the covenant into the covenant. And at the end of the day, he doesn't tolerate any of it. So when Yahweh brings you a difficult word, right? You just, the best thing you can do is just apprehend it. You chase it down. You get your hands on it. You wrestle it down. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of mentality you have to have, especially when he says, when he gives you a calling or an assignment, and it's something that's going to take the next 20 years before you fully understand it or you fully see it. You have to chase it. You have to wrestle it down. You got to chase it some more. You got to wrestle it some more. You got to pin it to the ground and you have to figure it out. You have to have the faith. You have to have the steadfastness, the diligence, right? And so this has been part of our DNA and part of our history. And, and I can't emphasize it enough when it's the difficult things, right? Somebody give me an example of a, of a simple, easy word that he or an assignment he asked you to do. And you're like, hey, Father, you know, oh, done. Yeah, I did it yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's never the response, right? <laughs> or maybe, maybe there are those things. I don't know. I mean, can anybody think of a thing that Yahweh's asked you to do that's, oh, yeah, I just did it last week. <laughs> or maybe you thought it was easy and then you find out you really didn't do it. Or, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't isolate yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. yeah. Of course. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is, in, this is why engagement is so difficult, right? Because when you're talking about apprehension and what that truly means, it's something that's not easy. It's not, we're not, naturally we're not like in and of ourselves in and of our selfishness we're not ready to apprehend something difficult right 
we're made to do that. But in our selfishness, we're not naturally going to just be inclined to do that. So you have to live a life of apprehending everything he says, no matter how small you may think it is or perceive it to be. But if it, when, when he says things to you, when he tells you things, you have to apprehend those things, right? And then you start to become, you start to live a lifestyle of apprehension where whatever he says, right, you go after it. You're paying attention to every little thing he says. And so what I, I kind of wanted to lay the foundation for when he tells you something difficult, how you have to operate. And mom has a testimony that's a huge part of our history as kingdom heirs, a huge, um, I don't know if you would call it a transition point or a turning point, but just a huge foundational, the, the DNA. Oh. Yahweh, we were working through a, a, a time of transition, significant transition, difficulty, and Yahweh spoke to Apostle Tanya a difficult word, <laughs> I would say, pretty difficult. And instead of the inclination that would be to turn away or ignore it or just kind of, yeah, I'll get to that later, she, she chased it down and she wrestled with it. And so I just kind of wanted to lay the foundation for that testimony of just that part of our history, because it is a big part. It wasn't just a personal, uh, it wasn't just a, a word personally having to do with her. It has to do with everything that we're, you know, we're doing now, so. Um, before I release on that, we've talked about it, but I don't know if I've given the fullness of it, but before I release on that, uh, Jason, will you come up here? I want Jason to release a vision that he had because I think it will bring some context to everything that we're about to release. Um, I was looking over there like, like I was looking at life. Um, I, uh, I had just shared um, a vision that I had uh, this last week. I think it was actually after last week's service um, with everything you guys released last week. And I was driving home and I had this vision. Um, and Yahweh showed me that there was this really large body of water in my mind, I guess I was just thinking it was the ocean and there were there were different large boats, large uh, vessels that people were in. And there were some boats where you have people standing up top and I don't know the correct terminology, but they're standing up on, on, on deck and you have people steering the boat with the wheel. But Yahweh positioned our family, specifically what our apostles carry in the way that they're leading the family. He positioned us very strategically below the water, actually steering the boat from the perspective of shifting the shifting the, the position of the rudders. And what he was speaking to me, this the significance of, of that was it was very it was tedious, it was dark, it was cold at times. It took a lot of um, consistency in in force it took pressure it took a lot of um teamwork and effort because it took multiple people in addition to them putting pressure on it to change the direction of where it was going to go 
And what he showed me was that it started out as a large group of people who were, who were below the surface trying to steer it by pushing on the rudder. And as time went on and it became a very long process, some people um, recognized that it was dark, it was cold, it was hard. And with the shift in the rudders and the shift in the steering, you couldn't necessarily see where you were going. But nonetheless, Yahweh was speaking the trajectory of where we were going very strategically and very specifically to our apostles who were remaining diligent in directing us on which way to shift it because they were seeing the, the minor shifts in the steering mechanism that was leading to a large trajectory change down the road. And it was specifically separating our boat, our, our vessel, away from the rest of the, of, of the vessels. And the other, the thing that he was highlighting specifically in that was that um, speaking in, in an encouraging way over, over our family and over the body, that that process of being below the surface where you feel cold and it's dark and you're drowning and you can't, you can't see the end, you can't see where you're going. And you so badly want to step out of that and step up on top where you can stand in what feels like the warmth, which is just short-term gratification. So you can, so you can put your own hands on it and, t and figure out where it's, where it's going to go. But instead he was encouraging me to speak to the family, like where we're positioned is minor shifts in our trajectory that are creating, even going back to that word of transitionary people, it's, it's difficult and it's hard and it's tedious and it's and it can be cold and it can be dark at times and it can feel like everybody else gets this different perspective where they're up top or other people feel like or it feels like well it'd be so easy to just climb out and go up top and when you step out of that environment away from the family and away from the the guidance of our apostles and, and away from the guidance of what Yahweh's directing everybody in you, you immediately step away from that vessel and you immediately step out of that trajectory shift that's, that's correcting the course and that's bringing us back ultimately to that original intent. So I just wanted to, to share that and speak that over the family that the things that we're, we're divesting from and the things that we're engaging with as, as we engage with things that are released, but then even on our own as we're, as we're um, divesting from things and we're engaging and we're, we're eating of the word and, and we're continuing this process and walking it out that that's contributing to that process um yeah so just wanted to speak that that word of encouragement share that vision yeah i think what was so powerful about that is the literal vision of recognizing what we have felt i think somebody said it last week could I, is it okay to say that we've been led blindly Right, like we don't, we're underwater. We don't, we're, we don't have the, pers we didn't have always the perspective of this is the plan, this is the why, this is where, I mean, when he's talking about apprehension, it's easy to apprehend something when he tells you the why, the understanding, it gives you that motivation. I'll wrestle that. But what, what if he just says, I just said, yes, dad. And you're, you don't have no explanation other than to just obey. And there's this aspect of our family that has had this perspective of not necessarily knowing where we're going. We could feel the separation. We could feel the strength. We could feel the cold, the dark, but not necessarily, but, but yet where we are is shifting a complete, I mean, we're going in a completely different direction. There's a different trajectory and it's exposing such a foundational 
it's it's exposing such a foundational thing for for us sometimes i i don't know how else to say this other than i've got my kids talking about their eighth grade uh, project that they have to do and it's campaigning on what's important and the options are why COVID is important, why vaccines are important, why online school is good, like all of these, these are the, this is their list. Sean goes, would you be willing to help me do my own campaign and I want to call it Hebrews Unknown. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yes, I will help you with that campaign. If that's the, I don't know if that's the right word, Sean, but he wants to call it Hebrews Unknown because right now they're learning about Anne Frank, they're learning about the Holocaust, and he said, all of my friends are making fun of the Jews. So I said, it's time for you to just step out and just say, I'm, I'm a Jew. I don't know how else to say that. And he was like, well, so he's like asking about like Hebrew and why does nobody know about Hebrews? I'm like, this is why we're changing the trajectory because even just a, a history lessons, this isn't just church culture. This is like American culture. This is Western culture gospel type stuff. We're not even talking about church. We're talking about like school systems that are teaching Holocaust was like an isolated thing. And then also teaching, uh, teaching how like Christians have been uh, in, uh, in, a, in a Holocaust. And people like just not, it's not necessarily even accurate. And so the things that are being taught, that's what he was talking about. Like you have an opportunity, especially, I mean, every day you have an opportunity, but especially during Shabbat to say, this is what the truth is. This is what we're gonna eat. This is what we're gonna drink. And then you gain that supply to what? Go back out into the world and just subject yourself to it? No, change it. But you don't have that power to be able to change it unless you're able to receive the supply of heaven or else you're just gonna be, you know, um, ca caught off guard. Right, so, so uh, I say that because when I give this testimony, you're talking about the DNA results of these people, okay? So I've said, I've said this before. How many of you have not heard this testimony about our DNA results as a family? If you've all heard it, then I don't need to release it. Has everyone heard? You have not. You guys have not. You guys have not. Huh? Yeah, so, so ultimately, basically going back to what Missy said, we were, um, I, found, I found myself uh, basically, I'm trying to think of how to shorten this up. I found myself awake in the midst of a dead uh, environment. Meaning like the environment was, I mean, there was, I mean, there might've been one other person that was awake and that was probably the pastor. I mean, I was watching the pastor like alive and like trying to like release heaven. And I'm in the front row like, yes! And people do not understand why I'm excited. They're mad at me that I'm excited because they think I should be mad at the past. Like I don't, there was like all these flying around dynamics. The dynamics, it doesn't matter what the dynamics were. It was just death. It was just dead. And there was like a couple people that were excited about the gospel. So that's how it starts. So, but I'm still dealing with how to make everyone happy because I'm a family minister. So there's people in the congregation that are mad at the pastor. The pastor's excited, but doesn't know how to handle anything. There's, there's marriages falling apart. There's great things happening. There's a great women's Bible study there. You know, I mean, there's like amazing things going on and then there's horrible things going on. And I'm in the middle, like, how do I like make this person happy and this staff member feel welcome and how do I how do I make sure that uh, everyone stays and and how do I yes 
So I find myself in the middle of whatever you need, whatever you need. I will be your cheerleader. I will, yes, I will do that. Yes, I will take on the books. Yes, I will take care of that marriage. Yes, I will make sure everybody shows up at nine o'clock on Sunday. Yes, I'll do, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. And I'm just like, cause I'm just excited about Yahweh and I just want everyone to be happy and I didn't understand what the problem was. So I just start saying yes. So basically I find myself in the middle of a huge transition where it comes down to one of the men said, go open a restaurant. And that actually sounded really appealing because I can cook and we would have been really, I mean, I don't, that would have been easy, <laughs> especially to move away. So, I mean, when you're told to leave and told to go do something else in the middle of like, but I'm trying to like keep everything together. I find myself just handing myself over and I'm not necessarily even noticing that I'm doing it because I'm so excited about Yahweh, but I ultimately was giving myself to many things. Um, to where when the big transition happened and our name through saying yes to helping everyone, it, we ultimately, our names got on the ministry. So then when it was time to say, you need to leave, give it back, that wasn't so easy. You couldn't, you couldn't, it took about six months just to get my name on stuff. This was a, at least a two year process of being in the books, being in leadership, being in, you know, working through all that stuff. So then when it was time to say, we've decided we don't want your yes, which I totally get it. I mean, if I get on the scene, it's not easy, right? So it's like, it was like once I got far into it, my name's on it, it was like, oh, we don't want your yes anymore. Can you stop fixing everything you need to leave? Well, I would have gladly said, yes, I would leave, but my name was on everything. So I couldn't just walk out the door. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you guys, I'm not as strong as you think. When I was told to leave, I would have packed my bags and I would have left because I would have done anything to make sure that the men in my life were happy. So I'm just putting that out there, like I'm not that awesome. If it was not for him, I would have kept man-pleasing until today. <laughs> So I did not, I didn't know what that meant to stand on a conviction because my conviction was make everyone happy. Okay. So I stood on that conviction, but to a fault to where I started to compromise. So now our names are on it. And honestly, I'm stuck with you. That's what it felt like. I got myself in a mess. I wanted my name off of it. I wanted to leave, but I, I, I couldn't. Does, does this make sense? <laughs> so I, what I, in and of myself, I felt stuck. So then when the rubber met the road and then it was like, well, then if you're not leaving, then we'll leave. So then when that, when all of that left, I really began a process of resenting what happened. It wasn't an exciting thing. I wasn't like, yeah, I just long to be a pastor. I just, I'm a hygienist. I don't wanna, what am I doing? I just wanted to take care of the books. Like I just, <laughs> so it wasn't, I mean, I was in people's lives, but not necessarily in that degree. So I started to resent what was handed because what was handed to us was not pretty. It wasn't like, I got it made. It was debt. It was a mess. People were mad. I mean, we had people coming into our office saying, oh, now that you're in charge, we out. 
because we can say we're gone. We've wanted to leave for 10 years. We didn't know how, but now that you're here, praise the Lord, we can go. And of course, what did I do? You are amazing. You can go. I, but I mean, all this time, I'm, I'm, I'm getting trauma. Like I'm, okay, that makes sense. And I'm the, so, but I'm, I'm internalizing this the whole time. Is this making sense? So I start to resent what's happening. Basically what happened, what he showed me was, well, we were in a prayer meeting, I think. I'm so excited about Yahweh. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like shaking. I'm like getting into like the Holy Ghost. And then Missy, Missy. This is the word. Now, Missy. This is the word. Some Missy, we don't know. <laughs> that Missy. <laughs> she just like busts out with this prophetic word. And I want to say she says, you're, I don't remember exactly how you said it, but she basically said, you are struggling with abortion. Is that how you said it? I don't remember how you said it. I can't remember. She just said the word abortion and I almost puked because I recognized in that moment. Now I didn't seize the word, I ran away. I, she spoke that over me and I literally was like, and I like bolted and I got about three feet and I collapsed on the chair that stopped me because I would have ran in that, in that moment because here I am making everyone happy, taking on something I didn't want. And now I've got like my right hand man being like, you want, you, you're, you're thinking about aborting this. And of course I'm pro-life. I stand for not aborting people's destinies. And I was the one like, well, I don't know what destinies you guys all want to carry, but I'm not doing this. <laughs> At least that's what was hidden in my heart. I never said that. I thought I was awesome. So she says this word and it flips me out because what Yahweh said was, was that you have been during this last season when you had the books and the years you were helping and doing all of that, you basically were, this is when Yahweh kind of said, you're, you're a whore. So he was showing me that I was basically did he literally say that? He literally told me. That's my relationship with him. I'm not saying he talks like but that. But that's what I'm saying. But to me. A difficult word. <laughs> talks to me. He says, you have been a, a whore. In the most love. I don't know how to explain that. You guys know his He's voice, right? It's, he and, and it was like, all of a sudden, now that is, now this is why he could speak to me. I will tell you from the day I, from before I was, I do not deal with sexual sin. That is not my, that is not my, I have, uh, it, are you guys okay if I just am? I have never masturbated. I do not, I've never looked at porn. I've seen it a couple of times when I was younger through finding it. I, I waited till I was married. I wasn't even saved. That was a conviction. I just, that I, I struggle with a lot. When she's talking about engaging in depression, anxiety, she's talking about me. I, there are things that I struggle with. Sexual sin is not one of them. That's why he spoke to me that way for me to be like, wait, excuse me? You're saying that the level of man-pleasing I've been operating in is like you would see someone who has stepped away from covenant? That grabbed my attention. So that's what I mean by him talking to me so personally. So he tells me this, and it, and it pushes me into a place where I locked myself in the office, I think for six days. There was no shower. There was no nothing. But I said, I am not leaving until I figure this out. Because I cannot be in a position where I, somebody would say in authority or a position where I am pregnant with something that's about to come and I'm resenting it and I want it to go away. So he was dealing with that. So I locked myself in the office for six days. It didn't happen until the last day. It was a huge wrestling match. <laughs> like I 
I was so, now it's clear, but while I was in that, I could not understand what was happening and why, like I, I just, I just, I couldn't, I just, I couldn't understand. So ultimately what it comes down to was he basically tells me the reason why you're in this office is you're gonna get, you're gonna take a DNA test, spiritually. You're pregnant and you're gonna take a DNA, you're gonna take a DNA test and you're gonna find out who the father is. And when you do, you're gonna have peace because in that moment, if, if it was number one man, number two man, number three man, whosoever it was, I would have had strategy to be able to raise the baby with that father. Is that making sense what I'm saying? When that, when that came, I would know what I was to do. Am I supposed to birth this child? Okay, I'm not gonna abort it. Am I supposed to give her up, give, give her up for adoption? I didn't, I didn't know until I got the DNA results. So I basically do a spiritual DNA test. I get the DNA results and it's intense. Uh, the last day, basically I was laying on the couch and I had, it was honestly, it was probably a lot like this. Uh, what came right in front of me and it came in increments, but what came right in front of me was basically a packet and it just sat right in front of the table. And he basically said, when you're ready, get up. It's in the, it's in the book. And all of this is spiritual, right? So I'm like, Am I nuts? Am I, is there really a pad of paper? But now nobody had told, this was all a progression of his voice. This wasn't, anyways. So he, he puts this in front of me and I just remember um, in the spirit, I opened up page one and of course it was like real fancy and it was, it was very medical. I'm a medical person. It was, it was very medical. It was said, I can't remember the exact wording. Uh, at some point I probably need to not just taste and see, but write it down. I wish I was tasting and seeing at that time. I wasn't that free then. Uh, anyways, I, I see something along the lines of um, Kingdom Heirs DNA results. And that's like the first page. And I'm just like, is this what is happening? Like, what is on the next page? Like, I just was thinking, how am I going to be able to see what was on the next page? So I would turn the next page. And it was really funny because he would like, it was like five pages in by the time I actually got the DNA results because it was like another, you know, not that it was like this, but it was like sign here if, you know, it was, or whatever. It was like all these medical terms and all, you know, all this stuff. And so anyways, I finally get to the page and it says DNA results. Are you writing it down? Oh, DNA results for Kingdom Heirs Flagstaff or however it said that. And it said, um, it was super powerful. It said results. And remember, this is all, all in the spirit. So it's like, it's being written as I'm seeing it. And I'm having to be super slow because I am, I don't know how to see that well. It's something so detailed. And the, the results said results inconclusive. And I just thought, what? Inconclu incon inconclusive. I've just been, I need to know who the father is. <laughs> and uh, it said inconclusive. And then at the bottom, it kept on going. And there was like all these little sub things. And it said, um, basically, basically what it said was that the, that the, the test results came in that kingdom heirs, it's inconclusive because there is no earthly father. And in that moment, that's when I realized this was birthed from heaven. All I am is the carrier. Even though I messed up and I did have interactions, the one that came came from the one, I was interacting with Yahweh. 
right? I wasn't just man-pleasing. I did have intimacy with him. I just didn't know whose you were. And so when it said inconclusive because the DNA results are straight from heaven, then uh, on the next page it said, uh, but this baby has been given charge to Tanya and Justin Brewer for their diligence on this earth. And in that moment, I realized this is not mine, but it, uh, immaculate conception has happened and it is my job to raise kingdom heirs. So part of our history with Real Raw and Radical, when, when it really, when that trajectory shifted, that is why uh, for us it became uh, evident what Yahweh was doing because there was no lineage on earth. So go back to blood versus blood. When there's no lineage on earth, then it's done in him. So when Yeshua came, it says that it is finished. It wasn't about his blood DNA or legacy in that regard, but it was, it's of him. And so in that moment, there became an ownership and everything left my life. Resentment, um, questioning. It was, it when that happened, I stepped out of that room, a mother, and I said over my dead body. That's when it got tough in the sense of when people, I mean, pr people are pr prowlers, is that the word? I mean, we had pastors banging down our door, emailing us, you should give us your building. Uh, it should be used for Straight kingdom purposes. Predator. not Predator. Like, predatory like, uh, like, I want that building, it's in the center of town. You know, the right thing to do would be to give it to somebody who operates in uh, the kingdom. Now talk to me after those DNA results. Before, I probably would have been like, that sounds really good. I think we should probably give out the bill. I think we should do that. It would be good. We should just give it away. And, 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 and everything's, and I'm talking about like people in the city. It was like three years after. Let's partner. Let's do this. Maybe you guys should become a, we had give, this is going to go out on podcast, but we had someone come and give us a packet. We had someone, I'm not kidding. Someone, it was yellow. Yellow? <laughs> Hell Somebody gave me a packet and said, you wanna know what you guys should do? This is what I see you guys doing in the city. I'm the one to tell you what to do in this city. I think you should start a ministry called Kiss'em. It was called Kingdom Heirs Ministry of Supernatural, Kingdom Heirs Ministry of Supernatural, School of Supernatural Ministry. It had a picture of me and my husband smiling that they stole off Facebook and put our ministry title and said, you guys should totally come underneath our ministry and like lead Supernatural School for Kingdom Heirs. Thank God I had the, the original. Like, thank God. In the I next paper, they slid across the table, said, here's a contract. Don't worry about it. You can figure out the details I later. I said, can just we, sign right this here. is what I said. I said, can we date? Can we just date? for a little bit. Talk about engagement. I, that's all I asked was for a date. They said that can happen later. Just sign. Predator mode. Predators. But here's the thing. I was in man pleasing. I would have been the first one to be like, okay. Whatever you did for the greater good of Flagstaff. For unity. <laughs> yeah. For the best women's program anyone is ever going to see. Kiss them. Now I'm gonna be like, kiss my, right? But it took a word to go through my, it wasn't about anyone else. It was about me. Because if I didn't get free from that, 
any predator that comes my way, I would be tossed to and fro on what's best for the greater good. But the original came in. So when you know the original, you line everything up with the original. Does that make sense? So that's part of our history that he wanted me to share with Real, Raw, and Radical. Did you guys see the sign out there? After we released Real, Raw, and Radical, Gabe made that on our one-year birthday for us. Real, Raw, and Radical, and now it's back up, but in a greater dimension. Not real and raw and radical in the way that we thought, but in the way that we're going. And so, so there's some of, the, some of the testimony of the beginning of how this started and why, when he's talking about apprehending, when you get a word, it's, don't, I don't know how, remember last week, if you guys are caught up on the podcast, like how passionate I was being, because I was like saying how I could just like flip the table, like when people are just kind of like, sure. I've got, I've got bigger things. I've, I've got a, I've got a, I just, I don't know how else to say it than to just be able to constantly say it. Complacency is just not going to work in the kingdom. Complacency and being lukewarm, he, it's, it's not, it's, it's not going to work. It works in programs. It works in cultures, but it's not going to work in the kingdom because you have got to fight over your word. So last week when I was talking about why and what are people waiting for, Missy was talking about how people will get healed in our shadows. Could you imagine, forget raising people from the dead and healing people and all the things that are gonna come. And all of that's gonna come. I know I talked about walking through walls and all of that stuff and I, that's gonna come. But could you imagine just being a people that are whole, healed, happy, full of joy, completely healed from the end. I'm not talking about like salvation, like poor me, I need you to rescue me. I'm talking about I've been rescued and I am walking with such intentionality in my covenant that I am a brand new person. I am one with Yahweh, which means that what I birth is straight from heaven. And to be a people that aren't predators, to be a people that love and know how to navigate situation. Now you would think like, oh man, I hope mom let them have it. No, I walked out of there with every single one of those relationships still intact because it takes finesse and kingdom to be able to operate in, you don't, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't those times. That's not, I'm not saying that, but there are times where you're just, you've, you've got to know how to, navigate you can't navigate the world unless you are the one that's healed so when i'm talking about operating in a frequency i'm talking about operating in a whole healed mind soul spirit feelings thoughts speech everything is walking in his fullness that is what he wants for us because that's what's going to show the world what true healing is and who he really is because that's dominion so I know I talked a lot, of, a lot about what's to come and frequencies and, and what things are gonna look like, but just because sometimes that might be too far out, let me say this. If you're fully whole and you're fully healed, you can walk through a wall. But let me take you through some steps. If we're not there yet and you're like, whatever, mom, that's fine. Could we just be a people that is whole? Could we be a people that is fully healed, fully to where I will, I don't care what it takes, I'm going on two years, I will wrestle this issue with anxiety. 
and I will rescue, I will wrestle it until I have it. Not because what happens when you apprehend someone? Is it just to go, ha? So this isn't a warfare anxiety. Stay down. No, I'm actually going to apprehend the one I'm chasing and I'm going to embrace the thing that I'm chasing because the goal is, is to actually transform the anxiety into his image so that it's literally not there. It's not a wrestle, stay down, because it will come back, especially if you don't clean house. So if I do all this stuff and I get all this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna in the name of Jesus, anxiety, you leave me now, oh, it will go. Even if you use the name Jesus, it'll go. But if you don't do something with your house, it will come back and you will be saying in the name of Jesus, again, 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 again. I don't want to have to say in his name. I want that thing to know that I have his name. I am that name. So when I step into something, anxiety is not even a thing I wrestle. I become it and I have the power to release it. Meaning I have the power to own it. It's now absorbed within me and gone for good. So now my anxiety frequency isn't rubbing off on other people. And now they have to deal with a lifelong issue of anxiety because I'm that powerful. We are that powerful. You got depression, you're rubbing up against somebody who has depression, they're going to deal with depression. Get it under control for yourself, but get it under control for your family. Get it under control for, for, I mean, that's what I mean by apprehend. Like I will, I, for the sake, if I don't want it. Wrestle with it. For the sake of my kids, I need to deal with this because I am not a depressed mom, right? I am full of joy. I am not, that is not, what is going on? But there's another, but here's the thing. I'm not intimidated by it either. That's a new thing for me because I know I'm operating in another level of glory. He's giving me more access to some things. I'm conquering things in a greater dimension than I ever have before. If, does that make sense? I don't want us to be a people like, man, 30 years from now, I'm still dealing with depression. I'm dealing with a different type of depression. And I wanna go back to this testimony because there's a lot of layers in there of DNA. One of the things that I wanted to point out is how do you know what's birthed in your life, who fathered it, right? If you don't operate in a conviction, if, if you don't have a conviction of calling or, or direction of what you're supposed to do from the father, then you're susceptible to a whole lot of other voices and things that are birthed in your life may not be fathered by him, right? Who's pro-life? Raise your hand. But when you think about this, honestly, how many words, yeah. how many seeds have been planted in your life and you've been pro-choice with it? Mm -hmm. I don't want to birth that. Ooh. I'm not going to birth that one. I'm all... <laughs> Seriously. Come on. When the father yes. plants a seed, we don't have the right to decide whether it gets to be birthed or not. How we're talking about walking through walls. If we go back and everybody here legitimately, man pleasing is such a funny thing because it puts you in it puts you in such a uh -huh. state, uh, uh, such a state of bondage, right? Yes. Because you're birthing things and you you're taking care of things you were never meant Come to on. to walk out and adopt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We're called to, if we're called to express the spirit of adoption, what's, what's Hasatan going to do? He's going to give you a lot of seeds mixed in with the real seed, the true food. Yeah, he's going to say, right? adopt it all. Mm, he's going to give no. some counterfeit seeds and try to get you to grab the wrong mm. one and birth something yeah. and express the spirit of adoption for life and walk it out over something you weren't supposed to birth. In the meantime, at the same time, while you're aborting mm-hmm. the thing that you were supposed to. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just gives you one, right? Maybe Yahweh just says, here's the seed, Taylor. And you go, no, I'm pro-choice right now. <laughs> Seriously, let that, let that, let's as a family, let's honestly examine our words and say, have we, have we been pro-choice with the things that he's asked us to birth? Out of intimacy with him, he said he impregnates you with something that you're going to make seen that was unseen. And how many times, and let's, come on. There's been times where, where we may have said, you know what, I don't want that. Like, and we don't have the right to do that. So when we're talking about, you know, who's the father of the things that have been birthed in your life, you're really talking about, are they legitimate or not? Mm-hmm. Right, hear what I'm saying. In the spirit, are we raising things up that he called us to raise up? Are they things that came out of covenant with him or lack of covenant with him, which really means covenant with something else? Mm-hmm. It's all which of the is, things that we're supposed to divest from. Mm-hmm. That's the divesting. But there's been things birthed in our life that, he's, that, that we've been pro-choice with. When we'll all raise our hand and say, no, we're pro-life. If we're really pro-life, right, even more than, than physical, earthly children, what are the things that he deposited in your heart, right? Because you're his portion, you're his lot. What are the things he planted in you that he called you to make seen that you said, nobody's ever going to see that because I'm choosing whether that thing lives or not. So when we're talking about apprehension and we're talking about covenant, this is serious. Mm-hmm. It's as serious, if not more serious, than if a young woman were to walk in here pregnant saying, I don't want this baby. What would you tell her? Right? Any of us, somebody we don't know walks in and they're saying, I don't want this baby. What would you tell her? Right? It's that serious. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we have to be perfect, but in our imperfection, let's wrestle with it, right? Let's apprehend it. Whatever the word, no matter how hard it is, because 99.99% of the time, it's going to be a difficult word. It's going to be a seed that's implanted that you don't know what it's going to look like when it comes up above the ground, right? We're not saying we have to be perfect. That has never been any part of anything about kingdom heirs, but we will wrestle, when he calls us to something difficult. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, all of this is to prepare us for the celebration of us next week. And so part of giving this history is for us to know what it is that we're carrying. Just to because... know we're legitimate. <laughs> yes, legitimate. And to know that he'll go that deep with you. If you say, okay, I don't struggle with this, 
he, he's just, I don't know how else to say, he's just so good because he will touch everything you let him. I, there are, like I said, I, I like I for there are things that I do, I have eyes for him. I don't struggle with anything, that's just not anything that I struggle with, but he, but he, but he still showed me I did. Because there were, there were times, well, more than times, he was the one, remember, he said, Yahweh told me to get in this box, and he was the one that said no. And I would be the one, well, but, does that, so like I can say all day long, I don't struggle with this, but yet I would be the one that couldn't even follow what it was that he was convicted on because I just didn't want anyone to be upset. So, does that make sense? So it's like, it's not, I, yes, sexually, but spiritually, I was willing to look everywhere else but him. Because he would say, this is what Yahweh would say. And I would be like, well, you know, and I would compromise. That's so, a, that's an untwisting of the, of our, of our Christianity. There's this untwisting of like, you just have to be nice to everybody. You have to make everybody happy, right? Whatever people come at you and you just have to please everybody. And that is not, that is not Yeshua, mm -hmm. right? Yeshua was not going around just making everybody happy, right? <laughs> that not that, I mean, isn't it like Chris, people think, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, that means you're supposed to be like this, this, and this. You're supposed to be nice. You're supposed to be, you say yes so many times to so many different people to please so many different issues. When your conviction pops up, are you going to say no? Yeah. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? In this house, I my hope for sons and daughters is this. You would be so convicted that I could tell you otherwise mm -hmm. and I could not talk you out of it because you know this is what Yahweh told me to do. This is what I'm going to do. Even if I try to convince you different, this is, this is not what he told me to do, right? Hopefully we would be in relationship enough and in alignment enough that that scenario would never happen. But there was a time when the previous pastor would ask me, what if I tried to kick you out of this church? And I said, you can't kick me out because you didn't call me here. We did not call you to kingdom heirs, so we cannot kick you out. Right? Unless you came for the wrong reason, right? Unless you came for the, the worship is nice or the it's really entertaining, right? Then you're operating off a whole different set of circumstances. But the pastor purposely asked me, what if I tried to kick you out? And I said, you can't. Because you didn't invite me here. He did. Right? Just Doesn't so that, everyone knows, that conversation was a good conversation. That it was a like, good one. That wasn't a literal, like, what it was he like. Was at, he was making a point. You, he was, yeah, well, he was wanting to know how to, he, honestly, he was wanting to know how do you stand so strong on your convictions. But because, the time did come when they said. everyone else would just, okay. The time did come when we were told not in such a good situation, <laughs> leave and go start a restaurant. True. <laughs> and I said the same thing. Well, I, you, I'm sorry, but I'm going to stay. And, and also, Yahweh didn't ask me to start a restaurant. So, <laughs> you just threw that in there. <laughs> we got a better restaurant. 
We can eat. All right, so next week is the sixth year birthday or anniversary from this story, essentially. Maybe with a few months, because that happened about six months. It took us a while to actually get the name out there publicly. But at the end of the day, we are celebrating next week, six years from this story of being a legitimate, called, set-apart people that are going to transform the world. And that goes back to Jason's vision that we have changed the trajectory as a whole. It's been cold. It's been dark. It's been like, but it's, and we have not seen. I had no idea when he put me in that office and said, please don't abort this, that what he was going to come back around was, can you release covenant and get back to our roots? Can we go back to the original intent and really understand what this is all about? I, I, that was not, I'm glad it wasn't on the table because I would have been like, what are you talking? I mean, I wouldn't have, I, I mean, I could barely get in one sentence, let alone anything that was to come after. Any of you that know that have children, you get pregnant and you've got these ideas, you're just saying yes, right? So Becca, right? It's just, you have no idea, but you're saying yes. And you are excited about that, right? So it's like, you don't have any, it's like, I just said yes, but if he, if he told me what was gonna happen when they were 16 or three, or when Sean liked to color with poop, uh, or when, uh, I'm, let me try to t say an embarrassing story of each of them. When, I don't know if that's embarrassing. I'm trying to think, what's embarrassing, Jalen? Nothing embarrasses Sean, that's why I can always say it. Like if I would have known I was gonna have to navigate a, a, a young man trying to keep his eyes focused with the looks he has and trying to like walk with integrity and not match his culture at all to where he's devastated because he doesn't have a social life other than Cutter. And, and at the same time, he doesn't want it any different, but it's hard and you know, all, and then you got, you know, like I said, if I would have known that Sean was gonna like art and poop, if I would have known Renna her whole life, if I would have just known anything about Renna, <laughs> if I would have known I was birthing me, I would have been like, no. <laughs> She's, yeah. Anyways, Anea and Kaya, do you guys have embarrassing stories? But do you, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. You wouldn't maybe have said yes. So it's like, I had no idea six years down the road, I would have even been telling you guys what Vav is. Now, I didn't know about Vav six years ago. I didn't even know about Hebrews. I didn't know Abraham was a Hebrew. I didn't know Hebrews were crossed over people. I didn't know anything about the Torah. I didn't know that Yeshua just said, get away. I didn't know. I didn't know any of that. So next week, we're celebrating the sixth year, which we've been talking about. So I want to speak into this, and then I want to speak into how we are in... I think I had this written up on the board, didn't I? All right, so you guys know that I basically, it's like so cool. You don't have to like, I mean, you can if you want. For you seers and prophetic people, if you wanna get in your like prophetic mode, I'm sure you could like come up with a crazy prophetic word. I feel like this is so awesome. I don't even, I, he just like gives us a number and then like speaks his language. Like it's that easy. So if you're trying to practice prophesying, you're trying to hear his voice. I mean, sometimes it's just 
look at the year you're in. And, and, and it's like he gives you a blueprint is what I'm saying. This isn't just, I wonder what we should do in this year. It's like he gives us the map of what it is that he's speaking through using letters and numbers. And like, like I said on the, uh, your car, a door, he could, I mean, he uses anything to get your attention if you would be engaged, which I'm gonna talk about where we're going. You have to be, one of the words I really felt like I wanted to release over you, this doesn't have anything to do with what we planned tonight, but I wanted to release this word particularly. And the word is proactive. I want us to be a people that is proactive. I know we talk about not being complacent, but could we be a people that is so proactive in who he is, how he is, his word, uh, meaning I don't, I don't know, I could, he is, he is everywhere and his beings and all of the kingdom is everywhere. And we've been taught that it's like up there and we're here, but it's, it's overlapped. The, okay, the kingdoms, the kingdom of earth and the kingdom of heaven is completely overlapped. I feel like I'm gonna have to say that for a long time because it has been so ingrained that it's way out there and we're here. But the, both kingdoms are overlapped. The only thing that is separating these kingdoms is your skin. The only thing that is separating between two different kingdoms is the skin on you. That is the separation that makes you flesh and makes you operate in one kingdom more than the other. But you have something inside of you that is not flesh. And it is fully aware of that kingdom that is literally, it, it's, it, it, it is, they're, they're superimposed. Is that the word? They're on top of each other. He's not far away. So much so that they are so intertwined that sometimes we forget it's in me. It's not like I'm like, okay, this is kingdom, this is earth. No, it, it, I am earth and kingdom. You are looking at a light being on earth. You're looking at Yeshua. That's how we need to walk. We are fully man and fully heaven. That is how, that is who we are. And we've been taught that it's like, well, when you die, then you can have access. And it's like way up there because you're gonna fly away. That means it's high and it's up there. That's, that is not, it, it is here. It is that close. It's just our awareness or being proactive to sense what's around. All before in the church culture, only a few people were seers. I know Janina's one, Yvonne's one, Tyler's one. Anyone else literal seers where the gift is just natural. You can just see the he heaven's realm. Sean, Sean's a seer. Logan. Like that's, that is, that's an amazing gift to have, but we all have it. It's just for Tyler, it's probably like a light switch. I've asked him before, we've been in Vegas. I kind of use him a lot because it's really in, like fun for me to try to figure this out. So I would ask him, I said, can you just turn it on? Because we'd be walking in Vegas and he would know how to turn it off. And then I would be like, no, turn it on right now. And he'd be like, okay. And then he would like literally describe another dimension in front of me. And I'm like, what? What I want. So for him, that's natural. For me, it's not, but it doesn't mean that's his. 
I have access to that. I just need to practice being able to access the other dimension that's right in front of me. When he gave those words or when he saw something in the spirit, I never watched him ever. I never, ever, 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 ever. Sean too. I have never, ever, ever. This is so powerful. I'm about to bomb drop. I have never seen Tyler, Janina, or Sean once go like this. Well, there's this octopus. I mean, they see weird things. They don't just see heaven. I, Sean has seen lizard. I don't even know. It's, but they've never once been like, okay, right there. They've never done that. It's literally, it's weird. They go like this. And then they go, they'll kind of like, it's this weird glaze. I can't even explain it. It's like they look at you and then all of a sudden they're just like, isn't that weird? Did you see it? I could do it. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me try it. So it's like, I'm looking at you and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's like you kind of like, you kind of go into their haze. You kind of like go into their like being, right? Because my being is definitely not capped to this. My being is like, like it's like probably like that's why you might see colors or that's why new age will see auras why do they get the corner market on an aura if i'm looking at cutter i'm allowed to be like i'm not saying that this is real but i could be like there's blue all over you right that's not new age that's just heaven has colors and being able to so anyways isn't that cool that's proof right there that the seers don't go like this and be like okay we're gonna okay heaven is going like okay walk this way that is not, that, it's, it's right here. He'll say, go right, you go right. Look at the tissue box, he'll speak to you about the color. It's everywhere and it's within us. Where was I talking about? I don't know. Birthday party, Vav, thank you. So what? Yes, so the word, I don't know why I have that word. Somebody will have to dot connect for me, but I really, feel like like he said what did you say if I could if I could have sons and daughters that are what would you say earlier you said if I could have anything is that what you said we want sons and daughters to do a lot would you all say yes that you would so stand on your conviction that you would not waver well I, I just feel like speaking over you, if I had sons and daughters that were known for anything, that you are so awake, the words are, that were over my life, awake, aware, and engaged. That proactive, another word would be intentional. That you would live a life, you have to live a lifestyle of being intentional if you want to see the kingdom in your life. You cannot walk earthly for a moment and then expect kingdom's benefits. You can't walk around and just think, well, I'm just flesh and I'm just I'm just here and I'm just, it's, he is so prevalent that we don't even know how prevalent he is or how awake, aware and engaged he is. It's like he's smacking you around. <laughs> And we could just ignore that, that we could be a proactive people and be so intentional with, with what he's saying. So with that, with the birthday, this isn't just a birthday party. This is not just a birthday party for us to just celebrate an anniversary or a birthday, however you wanna say it, uh, of us being six. We get to engage with that number. 
And Vav in the Hebrew alphabet is the number six, and it means vessel. It means tent peg. It means, it, it, it is the connector from heaven and earth. Okay, it's, it's the connector. You, this year, are getting to engage with being his conduit on this earth. It is where you have full, I'm not gonna be able to draw it. That's not great, but. It's, it's a letter that means, it's a number that means that you are that conduit. And the, when I say conduit, I'm talking about like an energy force. It, it being able to take what heaven has, which is in me, and then dispense it out. And it's constantly flowing. It's, it's a vertical and lateral thing, and it's a constant flow of being his vessel. Okay? So this next year, we've come out of five, which is hay, which is breath. And we have been in his breath, and we've been operating in creativity and the things that happened last year. And now we're, what I see this as is the rubbers meeting the road. Heaven and what he's been saying up to the point where he said, here's my breath. What did he do over Adam before he what, walked the earth? He breathed into him. He gave his breath and then what? Adam. We got his breath and now we are take multiply and take dominion. Like I have his breath, so now I get to walk that out on earth. How powerful is that? So, and how powerful is the letters? Of course breath would come before man. It's the Genesis story in the Aleph Bait. It is so powerful. You guys know I've already talked about that. Aleph is him, right? We could keep going. Bait house. You just keep going. Gimel, all of provision. I mean, you could just see the Genesis story. Delet, door, something's about to open up. <laughs> Breath, man. What's gonna, what's seven? Anybody know seven? What? <laughs> what's seven? Is it Zayin? Somebody get the kids' paper. <laughs> this is how you walk, intentional. I don't wanna just know what I do this year. I wanna know where I'm going because I don't wanna find out next year that I'm supposed to be in Zayin and I've missed a step and I didn't walk the way I was supposed to walk. What's next? Was I right? Yeah, because you read, you write backwards. So at the end of this year, guess what? Watch what happens. Man gets a crown. So walk worthy of your call because next year we are going to walk crowned. Okay? Guess what happens after getting crowned? Eight. Oh, I am so, I just think I just figured it all out. <laughs> what? I don't know what, I just got goosebumps, so something's going on. I'm not a seer, but I'm a feeler, so then all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, there's something going on. And again, I don't go like this. I go like this. But what happens after being crowned? It's het, which is eight, which is new beginnings and covenant. It's the hoopah. Okay, you have a question? 
Okay, so, is this making sense? I want to prepare us for the birthday so we understand what we're walking out. Okay, we just happen to be, we only have a few more minutes. We just happen to be in the year uh, 2022, and we're in the Hebrew year of 5782. We know this, there's a lot of twos, awesome, okay? I want to focus on this. We know that we are in the decade of pay, because 80s is pay. What is pay? Do you guys remember? Pay means mouth. Why do you think two years ago there was an attack on the mouth? We are in the decade of the mouth. The world knows it. We just have to have a counterculture to what, he, to what is happening because that voice is extremely loud. And I'm just not gonna get into it, but I'm getting about this close to going off because if I, if I, that culture is extremely loud and it's time for us to figure out what mask we're wearing, okay? Because we are in that decade. So we're here, the first year was 81, which is a left, which meant it was his mouth, okay? Now we're in two. What's two? What? Bait. Bait. I think it goes like, it actually looks like a two. Anyways, bait is house. So now we are in his. So now we know what we're supposed to be operating in. And while we are vessels, what has he been teaching us during this year, starting in September tabernacles when we went to New Mexico? This is not an accident. Nobody said, let's go to New Mexico and tabernacles because I bet we're gonna get into Vav for Kingdom Air's sixth birthday. Didn't even, con- I didn't even connect it till tonight. So think of, we went to New Mexico during tabernacles. Two houses becoming one sends us into a trajectory. Make sure your house, your house is becoming one. His house. We are focusing on his house. You cannot focus on what? House United. A house united. We cannot focus on that house united if you don't have the previous steps. Make sure you know that you understand it's all about what your mouth says. Out of the heart flows the issues. So check your heart. Where's your heart? Is it disconnected to the brain? Come on. He's, he's connecting some things. So once you know what he's saying and you know that it's his voice, what is his voice on the house? So for our anniversary, for our birthday, just be aware of and be proactive about engaging that it's about the house. So during our birthday next week, Uh, I've said this before, but there is going to be a family seal and gift that is going to come at the end of the night. That seal is a spiritual marker for every single one of you that have gone through this whole process that says this is who you are. Number one, you are in a family. You are in the house. Number two, this is your role in the house you have a role. You're not just in the house. I, I, I released this earlier, but there is a time where you shift from adoption to sonship. We are all about the spirit of adoption. That's the beginning. You come into his house through the spirit of adoption. Yes, it says by the spirit of adoption, we would cry, Abba, Father. Only through his adoption do I have the ability to say, you are my dad. That's it, okay? But there comes a point where I'm in the house long enough 
where he says, okay, now stop acting like you're adopted. You have my DNA. You have my results. You are a co-heir. You have an elder brother. Here's your role. Here's your point. Here's who you are in the family. What's going to happen spiritually, whether you understand it or not, when that seal comes, it's done. Meaning this season for the last six years of that spirit of adoption, not that that's done. You guys understand what I'm saying? But there is going to be a shift in the family where it's not so much adoption, but it is sonship because we're starting to talk about engagement. And you hand over um, mature sons, not, you've been raised in the home to be able to be engaged, to understand covenant. So there's gonna be a shift that comes next week. After that comes, what that's gonna do is it's gonna grant you permission and release you into the spiritual strategy for the rest of the night season in order for you to obtain the strategy, knowing your role in the house, to be able to walk out being a vessel in the day season. Do you guys remember the stars? The night season is here. It's all about strategy, dreams, strategizing, getting proactive, understanding, where am I at? Why am I at? Who am I? Why am I in Flagstaff? Why am I, why, why am I connected over here? What, what, what is, right? The, all this strategy, what's gonna happen after next week is that strategy is gonna get really intense because that strategy is gonna come now that you know your identity. Because when identity is received, strategy gets really, really intense in a good way. When that strategy comes, you're gonna have the ability to walk out the day season where your destiny scrolls will begin to manifest on earth in a greater dimension, okay? That makes sense? So talking more about the birthday, so this is a little bit more of the practical side. I'm basically making the announcement of the birthday. Does anybody need one of these? Yeah, here, you wanna help me hand some of those out? It's just basically the uh, logistics, but I'm gonna speak them out. Next Friday, six o'clock we start, okay? Not 6.30, like we do start at 6.30, but we kind of have fellowship at six. Next week actually starts at six o'clock. Come at six o'clock. We are gonna be starting with cocktail hour. Uh, The entire sanctuary is going to be different. Uh, Amber has released it on one of our platforms of communication that as a photographer, she really spoke into our uh, intentionality of our outfits. What she basically spoke was as a photographer, her role is to snapshot history and is to be able to see what is going on in history. And her prophetic word is that she does believe that our pictures are going to be known in history. So be aware when you're dressing that that's the type of history you're making. Number one, you're carrying kingdom all around. Number two, what is it that history, what is it that you want history to see? So the theme is black, white, and gray or silver. The reason for that is because we are learning that gray is a good thing. I don't mean complacent gray and in the middle of balance. Gray is a good thing, huh, Noel? Gray is the symbol for this house that shows us that black and white can come together and it is the house united. I know. We just were covenant people ever since we were day. You just got that? Anyways, gray is good, 
Not the lukewarm gray, but the gray where two houses come together, mix, create a color. So come in black, white, gray, or silver. What it's gonna look like is you're gonna come in, we're gonna have cocktail hour. If you guys have not heard, this entire night is completely catered. The point of this is we have elders in this house that have taken on a very serious role of saying, I am the elder brother, I am the elder sister to this family, meaning I will pour out on this family so that they know their role in this family. So the elders are Megan, Missy, Derek, Sally, Amber, Jason, and Ellen. They are basically hosting that night. The entire night is catered, so come and receive. Here's why I'm saying that very boldly. The extravagance that you receive, be prepared within your strategy that you are going to pour out just as extravagant, if not more. And I'll get to that later because we've got some plans before the day season comes. That's gonna be super, super awesome, what he's doing in this family. But it is fully catered. Uh, we are going to be getting food from Fat Olives and um, Wildflower. And it's gonna be a mix of cocktails and just cocktail hour type snacks and some different things. And then the actual dinner is gonna basically be an Italian, Italian dinner, Italian themed. And there's gonna be desserts. And so anyways, you're gonna come, we're gonna have cocktail hour. Immediately after cocktail hour, when you get the call from Amber, you guys all know if Amber gets on that mic, you turn your head and you listen to the photographer and you do as she says. <laughs> so after cocktail hour, we're going to do a family photo in, in here, correct? We will be inside to do the family photo. And then after that, we are gonna move into communion, catered dinner, dessert, and family seal. So plan to stay next week, probably till nine. I would say from six to nine, okay? Trying to think if there is anything else. Am I missing anything? So come formal, as formal as you can. Like I said, it's a catered night. Uh, dress in your best attire. Um, let me think. Everyone is going to have a family gift. And I'm trying to think if there was anything else. No? Do you guys have any questions? It was really fun in the beginning for me to kind of look out because I like kind of making eye contact with people because I felt like a release in and of myself when Missy said, you guys have to pull it out of mom and dad. So I was like, oh, well then I don't have to have anything. I'll just look you in the eyes and you just pull it out of me. So I can just, you know, what do you want? What you want, Jacob? I'm not gonna even go there. <laughs> Jacob does not want anything I have right now. <laughs> but really, does anybody have any questions next week? Next Friday, six o'clock, six to nine, come and just receive and be poured into. Because after that, and I don't mean that like, get yours because it's gonna get, I don't mean that, but I just mean, let him pour, let him pour into you so that you can be equipped to receive the great strategy that's gonna come because you are gonna pour out in a great way being a Vav on this earth. So let us build you up, fill you up. Let this be a time where you say, it's done. Let this be a time to say, it's finished. And I'm not saying that to anyone in here, but I'm just saying what is going to happen as we get into the season of engagement for covenant, we're not going to have room for, I don't know about this week. 
had, uh, my spiritual mom yelled at me. I think I'm done. Or I don't know if I feel welcome. Well, I, th I, think, I think something happened and I feel it, but I don't know. There, it, it's done. It's done. And the reason for that is because of what we're about to walk into. We literally, after the birthday, you are going to be coming into a sanctuary that's gonna look completely different because we are about to walk into the floor of engagement and I'm telling you, it is gonna be amazing because we don't even know yet what the gospel is. Does that seem crazy to say that after six years and for some of us, the 30, right? Like when my son says that, I'm like, that's the gospel. Shabbat every day. The, the realness of engagement and engaging and how intentional, I, I said this before, but when you get engaged, I don't know if I was weird, but when he proposed and I had this fat ring on me, I didn't walk out to my car not thinking about what I was gonna get married to. I, Noel, I see you looking at Jess. You should have seen, I, I said that story, he went. But come on, when you're engaged, I mean, you wake up with butterflies, you go to bed with butterflies, everything is intentional. What else are you doing? You're planning for a wedding. You are, what, what color? I mean, you are, you are focused during engagement. And what I mean that, I also want you guys to know that the Jewish culture, engagement is legally binding. It's not like, let's try this out. When you're engaged, it is a wedding covenant in order to drink of the cup. So our culture is a little bit different with engagement, but if we go back to our roots in the sense of just that engagement, there is so much that comes when you are intentional with that. That's what we get to walk into the week after our birthday. When you walk in here for worship, it is not going to be the same. It will not be, it will not be the same because we are going to be the Vavs. We are going to be given a seal where we are the Vavs, where we get to engage heaven and earth in a whole different way as a family. So. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.